Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's podcast for Everything is Brand. This week, we're going to take a little bit of a step back and really talk about why everything is brand. Okay, uh, Vincent, what do you think? Why is everything brand? Well, everything is brand simply because a brand is really a collection of perceptions that people have about you or about your business. And those people are going to be your customers, your prospects, your peers. And this collection of perceptions are going to have a huge impact on your personality and your reputation. So this is why everything is brand from your logo down to the tiniest detail of your business, everything will create an emotion and everything will be perceived by those people. Yeah. Why do you guys think then that people think brand is about a logo or a name or a tagline or wh- where, where did that kind of come from? And, and why don't people have that broader perception of brand like Vincent was saying? I think that's a little bit uh, historical, uh, you know, when you know, people started talking about brands, uh, I think it, in kind of early stages, it was really much more about the visual aspect of that, because originally, people branded things to put their own stamp on something. So they it was clearly owned by them. And then when kind of the visual identity logos and all of that started to evolve, that kind of understanding actually just kind of transferred over to that. But over over time, companies, brands, individuals now understand brands a lot better. But I think that that kind of thinking is still embedded in that origin. And a lot of people associate the logo is their brand, which it really isn't. But that's where it comes from. I think it also comes from the fact that it's the most exciting part for a lot of people. Seeing the visuals, seeing it come to life, the colors, the images, all that kind of stuff. Like it's it's what we see, you know, from our clients when we're working with them. They're always so excited to see what the visuals are going to look like. But what they don't understand is that there's actually so much more that goes into it before we get there. And that's something we're trying to work with our clients right now to understand. And I would add to that, actually, that not only is it the exciting part, but it's also the part where you actually, in most cases, they hire professionals to get that done. And a lot of the other stuff then has to be done by their internal teams throughout the entire organization. And it's not as exciting and it's, it's a lot of work. Just changing the visual identity of an organization is something that will actually trickle down to all levels and all areas of the business. And it's not, not necessarily the most exciting part of it. So, so I think you're absolutely right, Jeremy, to say that the visual part is kind of the, the flashy, the, the exciting uh, portion of it. I think Apple really changed the landscape of brand. When Apple came on, I mean, the second or iteration of Apple, right? From its product, the ease of use of its product to uh, the voice that they used in their commercials to obviously the visual aspect of as well, to the experience that you had in the store, the design of the store, the people in the store, to the experience you had on the website, the ease of checkout, etc., All of those, did they get it off the bat the first time? Probably not, but it has been a well-oiled, crafted machine for all these years. And I would say that 
all of that is brand and they, they've done an excellent job on all of those levels from product to, you know, sound to experience in store, out of store, etc, to shape that entire brand experience. Why is it that so many people love uh, the Apple brand and get behind it is because I think they've done an excellent job at all of those touch points. So looking at Apple and, and saying everything is brand and Apple being a great example of that, why haven't others been able to do what Apple has done? Like if you look at, for example, Microsoft, Microsoft is a big brand, a strong brand, but they tried to open their stores. The experience wasn't quite the same. They tried to do things and bring all of their software into a single brand direction, but they haven't had that same congruence that, that Apple has had. Why are other organizations struggling with making everything brand related as opposed to what Apple has done? Part of it is finding your voice. Like, yep. I, I think that that's a lot of it. I mean, I don't know that Microsoft, their experience wasn't as good, but it was just the same. When they opened the store, and I remember using the Yorkdale Mall as an example, Apple had their store and Microsoft opened their store right next door. Mm -hmm. And it was like the exact same store. And it just felt, it felt cheap. It felt cheated. They right. didn't go and look for their own voice. They just were like, well, this is what Apple's doing. So we're going to do the exact same thing. Uh, Which is a bit of a problem when it comes to like that idea of best practices. Best practices work wonderfully in financial services or in legal issues or things like that. But when it comes to brand, best practices can be a bit of a death knell. And we've seen it over and over again where people just copy what others are doing. And, and the public kind of goes, wait a second, like, what are you doing here? Yeah, I think one yeah. of the key differentiators between brands that do it well and brands that kind of fall apart in that is the ones that do it well humanize the brand. We think mm. of TD Canada Trust, we think of that green couch way back when, in terms of making it comfortable, right? We're talking about playing on the emotional side of things. Same thing as Apple, right? It's emotional. We're talking about humanizing it we're tapping into a different side of our psyche of our, our thinking rather than utilitarian to that point gabby and to go back to the apple versus microsoft i think the difference is that apple really understands the human aspect of their business they are concerned about the end user and i think microsoft is also concerned about the end user but it's an add-on. I don't think that it's baked right into their thinking from, from the very beginning. I think it's a separate, and it feels like it's an, an add-on to something that's already there. Engineers kind of develop everything that needs to be done. And then it's like, okay, well, now we need to add the design to it. So it just it has a different feeling. And I'm not, I don't know for a fact that that's how they run their business, but it feels that way. It doesn't quite connect this on the same level. I think there's something to be said for doing the work. And I think that if we're looking at that, Apple did the work, they did the research, they thought about everything. And, and it really feels like Microsoft, if we're talking about this, Microsoft just came in and copied Apple. They didn't do the work. They just looked at Apple and went, okay, this is what Apple's doing. I'm going to do the same thing. And I think that there's something to be said for whatever client we're working with, that it's important to do the work, whether you're going out and you're looking at what everybody else is doing and just copying them, that may not be the best answer for you. They may actually be to kind of look internally and figure out what you need to do. Yes, you can look at everybody else and take notes. But then I think at the end of it, you've got to come back and you've got to do the work yourself. You've got to take a look at your organization. You've got to look at your customers and you have to really ask those questions against your 
background, not necessarily what everybody else is doing. And I think that that's a clear case of that in, in that situation. Yeah. And we hear over and over again where people will come to us and say, show me what you did for the exact same organizations in my industry that I am out there competing with. And it's kind of like, well, hang on a second. <laughs> like, is that really what you want? Do you really want to base your organization on what your competitors are doing? Or do you want to counter program against what they're doing and find those holes that might be out there? And it goes back to what you're saying, Jeremy, this idea of doing the work is that you can't just step in and look at what someone else is doing and say, oh, well, that worked for them. So let me do that. But yeah. there is so much thinking in business. And, and in some cases, that does work. Like there are certain things where precedents are set and you can go in and you can look at those precedents and you can look at those things and say, okay, I'm going to do that. And it works sometimes. But when it comes to your personality, you just come across as inauthentic because at the end of the day, your brand is your personality. And if you're just copying someone else, it just comes across in, in the wrong kind of way. This is why we are always... When we take on a client, one of the first questions we ask is, what is your value? What's your value proposition? What do you stand for? How do you bring value to clients? And often we get a mishmash of stuff or, oh, I don't know, or not really defined well or scribbled together, whatever, right? But and that's, that's why we have business creative, Gabby, to help <laughs> figure that out. <laughs> yeah. But that's, that's at the core of yeah. the brand, right? And from there stems your voice, your look and feel, your experiences, your employees, all of that. Like yeah. brand, yeah. brand, we didn't touch on this, but brand is also your employees. Your employees are those, the forefront of, of that brand, right? Yeah. I'll pick up on the word experiences a little bit because... When it comes to any brand, it really comes down to experiences. And I think that a lot of organizations kind of struggle figuring out what their brand should be, who they are, and all of that. But a, lo a lot of that can actually come from who are they really speaking to? Who is their audience? And what are they looking for? They can have the nicest looking brand from the visual standpoint, but if the experience is awful then, you know, all that does just doesn't matter, right? Like it will, you'll give them a chance once, twice, and let's say you order something and it, it's not delivered or it's delivered broken or whatever uh, the experience may be. All of that beauty and everything else that was applied to the brand will just kind of go away. And we talk about big brands, but small organizations can actually do an amazing job managing their brand and creating their brand. And it's actually quite simple. It's really just a matter of focusing on what kind of experience do you want your customer to have? Yeah, and we hear all the time how people are very concerned. They're in a B2B environment and they'll say, okay, well, that works for B2C organizations. And yes, when you're selling to consumers, the brand is very important and you have to make sure that you find those customers. And then we get into the B2B realm and people will say, well, our brand isn't as important. It's just important for us to make sure that our products are good and, and those kinds of things. But, you know, what we always say to them is, no, like your your customers, your B2B customers are also out there purchasing as consumers on a daily basis. And if your experience is not as good when you're trying to sell them whatever service or B2B product or element that you're trying to sell them, they're going to call you on it because they are used to a certain level 
of brand, a certain level of experience that they expect when it comes into the B2B realm. And a lot of B2B organizations can look to the B2C world for tips and tricks and ideas. Is it exactly the same? Absolutely not. And we really have to look at what works in a B2B environment, but there is still an expectation that the experience, even in a B2B environment, has to be good. We're also seeing an alignment of values going forward. Brands, consumers, or other businesses wanting to align themselves with like-minded brands, uh, etc. Whether it be on, you know, diversity or any other social environmental issues, you're seeing purchasing decisions being made around values and similar like values of that brand. So. To go back to brand is just a pretty picture and a logo is not true, right? Brand is way more beyond that and really getting into details now, such as what do you stand for, like-minded businesses, and trust is one of those, right? We've always said that trust does not lie. You can't say you're trustworthy, but trust lies in the hands of the consumer, the purchaser, etc., right? And going back to experiences, that trust is so valuable and such an integral part. Apple's got it, right? Apple's got it. The product works, if it doesn't work, you're bringing it into the store, you're getting a new whatever, right? Without hassles, etc. Costco is a perfect example of this. Costco and their, and their return policy is absolutely fantastic. But that's what makes that brand so lovable, right? So yes, yeah, social, social issues, what you stand for, people are making decisions now based on like mindedness of brands. And this is why I guess everything is brand is because the first moment you can feel disconnected to the brand, you can actually stop buying or using or a field related to that brand. And this is why this experience have to be continuous. It cannot be interrupted. The quality or the values people try to put in their brands cannot be interrupted. I was going to say, because I want to go back to this Apple example, Gabby, that you keep bringing up that they're great and everything. But I actually, I would argue that right now. I would argue mm-hmm. the fact that I don't actually feel that way. And to Vincent's point, I actually, Probably not right now. Probably not I'm right now. I'm actually going the other mm-hmm. way because it yeah. hasn't been a consistent experience really since Steve Jobs yes. passed away that I am actually feeling like stepping away. I'm looking at other mm-hmm. options because the experience really did fall off. I yes. question the things that they're they're into, where they're moving, their, their, the amount of disclosure in terms of the sharing of what's going on, uh, mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. That's all happening right now with Apple and Apple's actually going. Yep. Uh, down in my mind in terms of its brand feeling right now. So for sure, you know, I don't disagree it, with you. Yeah. When I speak of Apple, I probably speak of Apple, the y- Steve we do. We Jobs, do. the glory know, days, Jobs Gabby, days, the glory days. days, for sure, for sure. Which, <laughs> yeah. which, as a result of that, I think we can say now leaves that door open a crack for somebody else to come right. in there it and sure take does. that position. And that's a really good point is that this idea that once you do it, you're done uh, is such a misnomer. And, And so many organizations have this idea that there is a finite element to brand that it's a project. They, a lot of organizations look at it as a project. And the reality is, is that it really is an ongoing thing that you have to look at every single day, the same way as a human being, you have to work on yourself, on your personality, how you go out into the world. It's exactly true of a brand. If you personify your brand a little bit and say, okay, 
if you decide what you're going to be and then you never make any adjustments along the way, you're going to be out of touch with what's going on uh, in reality. And to your point, Jeremy, this idea that you can somehow rest on your laurels is just not uh, something that uh, organizations should be thinking too much about. They should really be looking at how can I continue to improve? How can we continue to take the brand to new levels? So I, one of the things that I want to kind of pivot the conversation to a little bit is the idea of digital. Because with the onset of digital, brand has become even more important. Before you could kind of hide away a little bit, but now in the digital realm, brand is front and center, day in and day out. People can see you, hear you, uh, understand you, interact with you, all in a virtual environment. How is that affecting brand? Does that just make everything as brand even more true? You know, it's interesting that you started talking about digital. I was actually just uh, thinking of this one example. I'm dealing with two banks on different things. And obviously, I'm online with both banks. And I find it really interesting how one bank was doing really well. I won't name the banks, but one bank was doing really well online, I would say, seven, eight years ago. And in really, they have not changed anything at all. And the other bank was doing a really bad job at it. But now things switched. And it's really quite interesting to see how just that online experience is making that brand look so much better and so much more likable in my mind than the other one that is, is otherwise probably equal in terms of services and everything else. But just that online experience is really making a big difference right now. And, and I find it really interesting that the data bank is really falling behind in that area. So let's talk yeah. about who those banks are. Like, why? Let, let's not hide it. Who's who's up and coming, Marco? Well, in in my case, you know, uh, I find Scotia Bank really stepped up, right. and TD is really falling behind. And it's not just from the look and feel; it's also kind of the experience. Like, it feels TD is very clunky right now, and Scotia right. Bank thinks a lot simpler, a lot easier. So, so it's quite interesting to see that. Yeah, to further that, so to go past the visual aspect of a brand, I, I sold a bike online last night through Facebook and the guy came to pick it up. And so he shows up and we want to transfer money. And so he he's just like, I'll just eat transfer it to you. And I'm like, okay, well, he's standing on my driveway. I need to sell the bike. He, he sends me an email. I'm with Royal Bank. He sends the email through, I, oh, through CIBC. It was through CIBC. And he's like, okay, it's sent. And I I expected that it would immediately get transferred into my account because that's the, the world that we live in now. Mm -hmm. And so I'm standing there, I'm checking my email, it's a direct deposit, all this, and it's not coming through. And I'm standing there and it's an awkward situation <laughs> because I don't know this guy. And I'm like, I just want this to be done. I want him to take my bike, you know, and, 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 and I'm like, uh, I don't know what's going on. So I Google it and I learn that, you know, Royal Bank still takes half an hour to 45 minutes to make that transfer happen. And so that brand experience for me was like, hold on a second, this is embarrassing. Like I'm, I'm sitting here and, you know, we're in a digital world and I mm -hmm. expect things to be instantaneous. And you've just made me stand here for 45 minutes with this guy in, in a situation. So, you know, and that is part of the brand experience in my mind. That, mm -hmm. that right there made me sort of be like, well, maybe I need to look at a different bank because I don't want to be in these awkward situations where I look ancient um, and it, it looks, you know, it looks poor on me because I'm not up to date on my technologies. 
and things like that. So again, I just want to bring it back to not just being about visual. The Royal Brand app is a great experience. Everything online was a great experience. But when I went further to that and made it about a transaction, which again is part of their branding, it was problematic. And it was like, whoa, hold on a sec. You know, you can look good, but you got to work good too. And that goes back to the line. Everything is brand. So there you go. You can have a great app. It can look great. It can operate great. Everything's done digitally. But the actual experience of someone using it is enough to drive them away from from choosing you as, as their bank of choice. That is a perfect example of how everything is brand. In, in that, now, can you control absolutely every situation? Probably not. Uh, but the reality is, is that if that is an issue that gets raised and you deal with it and you say, okay, everyone, now our transaction time is now lowered, then that's one thing. Another thing to say, it is our policy to ensure that blah, 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 and, and, and that you just discount what it is that consumers are saying to you, then that's a whole different attitude. So it, it even takes you into the realm of even your even your corporate attitude is brand. And that actually brings up this really interesting topic of the digital experience of, of any brand. And maybe this is a bigger topic and we can make another podcast just for that because it's really, to Jeremy's point, they took care of some elements of the brand. So maybe the app looks great, functions great, but for some reason, and maybe it's legacy issues or whatever it is, they didn't actually take that experience, brand experience, all the way through. At some point, they stopped for whatever reason, and that's actually hurting their brand right now, right, until they fix that problem. And, and we see that quite often where we redesign the brand, we rethink it, but then at some point, the line is drawn and doesn't go all the way through, right? So I, I think that that's a big part of a successful brand they actually went all the way through. Yeah, well, to your point about that, Marco, is that part of the issue is that a lot of organizations are very siloed. And what they'll do is that they'll determine that certain brand elements go through marketing and other things are operations or their finance or their whatever. And yeah. yeah, exactly, IT. And, and, and what they're missing is that the brand covers every single element of your organization. And, and this idea that somehow marketing owns brand is just ludicrous. Marketing might own adjustments to the brand or updates to the brand or, or the ongoing leadership of the brand elements, but marketing doesn't own the brand in the mind of consumers. At the end of the day, it's really important to look at it as there is my customer or my client, whether I'm B2C or B2B, it doesn't make any difference. What is it that they expect from me? Everything else needs to fall away. Everything else needs to go to the background and how you run your business, how you structure it, how you silo it, how you divide up the duties is all irrelevant. And if you really just put your consumer or customer or client at the center of your brand, and make your decisions from that perspective, then it is a lot easier to live the everything is brand uh, way of life. And, 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 and what that will allow you to do is look at your aesthetics, look at your values, look at your mission, look at the way you hire, look at your employees and how your employees interact, how your employees deliver on the brand experience. Look at all the experiences for any products that you might have, any services that you might have, and really then start to move into the very obvious elements, which is your social channels, your position, your advertising, your 
business plan, all of that needs to work together. And when we say everything is brand, that's what we're talking about. We're talking about this idea of a holistic approach to delivering in the best possible way, if you're B2C, to your customer, if you're B2B, to your client, and, and really delivering in the best way that you possibly can as an organization. So that's this week's Everything is Brand. And we just thought we'd step back and, and talk about why everything is brand. And I think, Marco, you brought up a really good idea, that idea of digital and how we can go deeper into digital. So maybe we'll do that next time. Now you know what Everything is Brand means. So remember, Everything is Brand.